Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name is Brent. In this episode, we're discussing SST-131, the Firehose EP, Sometimes, Almost Always. One of our favorite bands on the show, Firehose is, and keep in mind, when we say Firehose, it's with a lowercase f and an uppercase Irehose. You got that right. Yeah, last time we had Firehose on, it was uh, for the Iffen album, 115, and uh this EP kind of came out of that one. We'll also find out in this episode whether Brant thinks this EP is just as Mersh as the Sonic Youth Star Power 12-inch. So interested to hear about that one. Brant, why don't you start us off with some spiels? All right. Well, all I have this week is the C-section, Ryan, of my get-this-shit-off-my-phone <laughs> spiel. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. Okay, you ready? On. I'm, this is rapid fire. Hang on, hang on. Let me get out my pen. Okay. Hang, it's not out yet. Hang on. Okay, it's out. Okay, this is rapid fire, maybe. And as always, Ryan, feel free to chime in on any and any and all of this. Dude, I'm I'm afraid to say anything with you sometimes. Keep going. <laughs> okay, creeps on candy. You know that record, I bet. It's on Alternative Tentacles. I don't. Wonders. Oh, you don't know that record? It's the only one on AT, Wonders of Gyardia. You need to check that out, man. You'll like that. Creeps on Candy? Yeah, that's the name of the band. It sounds like Jesus Lizard or Steel Pole Bathtub or one of those bands. Oh, okay. And it's called Wonders of Giardia? Yep. The same dudes had an earlier band on Alternative Tentacles called Dead and Gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. This Creeps on Candy is a one and done thing. It's the only thing they ever did, to my knowledge. So far, so good in the C-section. Okay, I might have talked about this record before. It might have been in my honorable mentions one year. Cabbage, Nihilistic Glamour Shots is the name of the album. I don't remember. It's kind of a post-punk band from Manchester. You'd like that, too. Okay. Okay, here's one you wouldn't like, Ryan. Probably. Cheap and Nasty, Beautiful Disaster. You know what? I thought of this record because... A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Alvin Gibbs, and Alvin was in this band, Cheap and Nasty, along with Nasty Suicide from Hanoi Rocks. Very Hanoi-esque. Um, the one I listened to is Beautiful Disaster. It's my favorite, but they also did a second record called Cool Talk Injection that's really good. Mm. You're not a, you don't like Hanoi Rocks, eh? I don't. I do like the Cheap Nasties, though. I just don't like Cheap and Nasty. Have you ever listened to Hanoi Rocks? It's It's just like you know, like metal rock and roll. No, it's not. What is it? Then? It's, it's like the heartbreakers or the dolls meets the clash. Am I, am I close minded? Maybe you, I should check. I that think out. you, I think you might like Hanoi rocks, man. Okay. I'll check it out. You thought I would like deep purple and you were wrong. <laughs> well, you might like Hanoi rocks. Don't, don't write them off as like a glam band. Bas I think they're like a hair metal band or something like no. that. Aren't they? No. Okay, well, f keep in mind, you sent me to the Deep Purple album, Burn, with which was, like, horrendous. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> okay, here's another band that's a lot like Cheap and Nasty or Hanoi Rocks. The Crybabies. This double CD called What Kind of Rock and Roll. Do you know that? Do you know this band? I don't. This you gotta check out, Ryan. If you like anything like Johnny Thunder's, like... Stonesy, it's just awesome. Honest John Plain from the Boys. 
Oh. Daryl Bath, who was in like okay. a zillion bands, the Dogs Demore UK subs. It's great stuff. This double disc that came out has their their one and only album, and then and then a second album that never never came out at the time called What Kind of Rock and Roll. It's awesome. Great stuff. I'll check that out. Okay, Chris Haskett and Brandon Finley, the album Nonfiction. I guess a bit of a something on the SS tree, maybe. It came out on 213.61, Hank's label. Brandon was in a New Jersey crossover band called Dog Eat Dog. Great stuff, cool samples, some definite Rollins bands riffs on that one. Okay, here's one. I hope you'll appreciate this, the fact that I listen to this, Ryan. <laughs> the, Cla- the Clash live at Shea Stadium. Does that pass the test? Of course it does, man. Okay. I like that one for live albums. I've got a number of Clash albums. Nowhere near, I'm sure, as many as you do, but I even have some bootlegs. I really like the Magnificent Seven Armageddon time medley on that one. The dub, yeah, it's deadly, hey? Yep. Okay, speaking of The Clash, Ryan, one of my favorite Roots reggae bands, Culture. Like, man, I mean, I guess all you ever hear anybody talk about is Bob Marley, but Culture never... Two Sevens Clash, man. Culture never gets any any love, man, and they are just the best. And I listened to an album of theirs that's probably my go-to album called Harder Than The Rest. It's just, it's a bunch of like their best songs, kind of re-recorded. Came out on that Frontline, Virgin Frontline. That's the label that John Lydon, Richard Branson sent John Lydon to Jamaica to recruit a bunch of artists for. Great stuff. Love culture. Okay, here's another one for you, Ryan, that might be on the SS tree. This isn't a recommend for you. This is one you'll appreciate that I listen to. You can put your pen down. <laughs> I'm getting jerked around over here. <laughs> I actually have some questions for you, though. I listened to the Chemical People album, Overdosed On. Oh, so yeah, gonna... that, that singles comp, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to put that on the SS tree because it's on cruise. For sure. Quite a few covers on that one. I actually didn't know it was a singles comp. It makes sense now. But yep. there was some cool flag-style instros on that one, Ryan. Is that something they did? Yeah. They, well, they have a whole... Well, this is... They they have an instro album, but it's what? like funky porn music. It's terrible. Oh. Um, it's not like the flag-esque stuff that you hear uh, every now and then on their, their more straight-ahead cruise records but they've got a they've got some flat the reason that they sound flaggy for you though is because of the bass and the drums for my money i don't know did you pick something out of the guitar maybe a little bit here's the thing more of the arrangements i guess but here's the thing for me with the chemical people ryan you're not going to like this but i've kind of always written them off as like a joke punk band that i just wouldn't like oh no i've hardly ever listened to them not true. Not the case. Yeah, no. Their first, their first two records, "So Sexist" and "Tenfold Hate," are classics. Classics, man. Okay, I'm gonna check them out some more, mm-hmm. but not until I'm done going through my entire phone and then I start over. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a new one. Came out in 2020. Cable Ties is the band. Far enough. They're on Merge. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Second full length yeah. album. Australian band. Pretty great punk rock. Ryan, here's a recommend yep. for you. Are you ready for this? Yes. The band is called Koriki or Koriki. 
They're on Discord, and it's Amy Farina, Joe Lally, and Ian Mackay. We have already spoken about that one, man. <laughs> I know. It's are really you just good, though. Ru- are you rubbing it in that you've got the download, and I don't have the physical copy from, from the mail yet? Is that your yeah, problem? I guess, I guess I am, yeah. Yeah, okay, good one. Yeah, it's, it's really good, though. You're going to love it. I know. There's not a bad song on it, man. Good, catchy songs, cool riffs, too. And, and like the guitar tone is just awesome. Okay, this is definitely a recommend for you if you've never heard of this band. The band's called Sea Average. Do you know them? I don't. Okay, I don't know much about them. The record I listened to is called Second Reckoning. I'd, re- I'd recommend checking that one out. Came around, out around 2001. They're a guitar and drums duo. It sounds like they now have a bass player and a vocalist. This one's mostly instro, almost all of it is instro except for maybe one or two songs. It came out on Kill Rock Stars. Mm. Uh, the guitar playing is awesome. Uh, so is the drumming. I think you'd really like it though. Great riffs on that one. C average. Okay. Okay, because I was supposed to see them this month and I don't get to because of COVID, I jammed some Cheap Trick. The Epic Archives Volume 1. Cheap Trick's one of my all-time favorite bands. This is the first of three of Epic Archives demos and 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 stuff this one's all from the first three albums so it's great cat butt journey to the center of oh yeah 89 sub pop records yep i knew you'd like that one because it's tom and charlie from the u-men yep yep cool stuff great stooges vibe uh ryan i mentioned a while ago that i've been slowly reading the greg prado book shred the history of shred guitar yeah right (laughs) so i listened to the cacophony album speed metal symphony it's jason becker and marty friedman just shredding it up huh okay home stretch here here's some stuff that's not for you carcass 1991 necrotism descanting the insalubrious some great death metal Count Raven, Storm Warning. This one I'm putting on the SS tree because their singer, Christian Linderson, uh, replaced Wino in St. Vitus. Count Raven, some good Sabbath-style doom. Hmm. Cathedral, some more doom. The Carnival Bazaar. Candlemass, Epicus, Doomicus, Metallicus. You know that Decibel Magazine Top 100 Doom Records list I've probably mentioned a few times? This, oh, one's, yeah. number, this one's number two on that one, Ryan. Ooh. That's pretty heavy. Right behind the first Black Sabbath record. Wow. Okay, here's one, Ryan, that you'll appreciate because you gave me this record. Craw, self-titled album from 1993. Nice, hey? It's good. Oh, yeah. Craw is deadly. Yep. The Cult, Dreamtime. I love The Cult. I don't go back to this one as much as some of the others, but it's good. I need to listen to that one more. Chrome, Alien Soundtracks. Do you like Chrome, Ryan? I do. I've got uh, a fair amount of their records, actually. Um, but, it, man, it's been a long time since I've heard any of it. That's a, a good reminder. I bought the two Chrome box sets that came out a while back that's got, you know, their first, I don't know how many, probably 20 albums across two box sets. I've got the first box set. Yeah. it's The first one's way better than the second one. And I I listen to a fair amount of Helios Creed as well. He's got some yep. good stuff. Yeah. Cosmic Psychos, Ryan. Have you checked them out yet? Yes. No dice? No dice. Okay. 
Self-Totaled is the one I listened to from 1995. It's not one I go back to as often as some of the others, but it's still killer. And finally, Kaspar Bratzman, Mute Massacre, some ripping Hendrix-style noise, noisy guitar jams. There's a 10-minute track on the end of that one called Woodstock Hymn, which is just awesome. This one hasn't been reissued on Southern Lord yet like some of his other stuff, but I'm hoping it is because it's great. That's it. That's the C section of my phone. And those are all deleted. Mm-hmm. So I got, I, I got to just understand the methodology here a bit better. So are you completely wiping out each letter as you go or just listening to stuff that you haven't listened to for a while, then turfing that and making room while keeping like the absolute essentials of yes. the C section? What you just said. Okay, the latter. I got you. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So you keep on all the Clash records, but you know, <laughs> listen to live in Chase Stadium, and you know, like live live albums, eh, take it or leave it. But keep all the records, like the the studio albums, on. Sure. Got it. Got it. Something like that. Okay. I can't wait for the D section. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? Uh two spiels one the first one's a micro spiel and it's just to mention that i don't know if you've seen this but since record store day got delayed they are doing these like multiple drop days but some bands are doing something even better like wire they were gonna like i don't know they were gonna special release or co-release their record with uh their new one with uh, record store day it's called 1020 and they basically you know, they sent out a note uh, if you're on their pink flag distribution list and they said, yeah, you know what? Given the delay of Record Store Day, we're, we're just going to release it now. And I I just wish that everyone who has had all these amazing special Record Store Day releases, at least, you know, the six or seven ones that I'm after each time, um, I wish they would just, you know, release them. I think that would be way cooler um, because... I don't know, like record stores are starting to open up, which is fantastic, but we're not going to be able to have like a record store day like we used to for a while, I don't think, where everyone is like stuffed in each other's armpits in the aisles. And I want to hear those tunes. So that's just a, a shout out for people to release their records, record store day stuff just like right now. Um, the second one I've got, Brandt, is a really patriotic spiel. Okay. A Canadian patriotic spiel. Right. Okay. I'm so, down with it. Okay. Um, now, you're proud to be a Canadian, right? Yeah. Okay. Any another welfare check? Excellent. That was a softball. <laughs> um, and, it, and it's totally okay if you don't know that song lyric because it's a little embarrassing that you know it. Um, anyways, there's this book coming out that's very Canadian and very Canadian punk but also very cool. It's called Top. Promoter Gary Top brought us the world. Hmm. And Gary Top was a promoter out east in Toronto, and he and this other Gary, Gary Cormier, they were known as the two Garys who started out promoting punk rock in Toronto in the late 70s. They ran this club, The Crash and Burn, and uh, which you know planted the seed or, or supported... A lot of very early 
Eastern Canadian punk bands like the Vile Tones, the Diodes, Teenage Head, uh, the Demics, the Curse, the Scenics. The list goes on and on and on for that late 70s Canadian punk. Didn't um, one of them manage the Diodes? I thought the Diodes were super tiled tied into the Crash and Burn Club. Uh, they were, but I think Ralph Alfonso right. managed the Diodes. You're right. Um, yeah. Don't don't quote me on that. To quote no, you, no, you're you're right. You're right. Okay, okay. Um, and and this scene is is pretty well documented. Actually, there's a number of books. Um, there's the Treat Me Like Dirt book. There's the Last Pogo uh, DVD. There's the Last Pogo Comp LP. But this is a graphic novel mm-hmm. about Gary Top. Um, he was a promoter, as I said. He was also the founder of the pioneering Canadian. Uh, repertory cinema um, but he's he's him and the other Gary were like the guys who brought the Ramones to Toronto for the first time in 1976 if you've read Cheetah Chrome's book you know how important the Toronto scene was to the northeastern U.S. punk scene as well so this book is coming out about Gary Top um, it will cover that late 70s kind of punk scene in a graphic novel but also the rest of the stuff that Gary did as a promoter, not just in music, but in the arts in general. And uh, it's written by a guy named Dave Collier. Um, he even has a book, or a, not a book, a comic called Surviving Saskatoon. He's kind of like the Canadian Robert Crumb almost, this guy David Collier. But anyways, I, I just thought that that was cool. We've got this um, kind of this graphic novel about a very key Canadian punk promoter and uh, i'm gonna check that out for sure i haven't been reading as much in the last few months so maybe i'm gonna get back into reading a bit more with uh with a cool graphic novel i've been reading lots i just finished lanigan's book which we'll talk about next week and i just started walter lure's book what what does that one cover like the whole thing the heartbreakers Yeah. yeah anything else i don't know maybe I think he talks about like the Waldos and his career on Wall Street. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I guess you just started it. Yeah. So that's all I've got. Release your records, not on Record Store Day, and some Canadiana. Boom. Love it. Let's get into this record. It might be a bit merch for you, Brant. <laughs> History lesson, part one. All right. So we've got our first. Firehose EP, and this thing came out on. We'll we'll talk about the difference between there. It came out on CD and 12 inch. It also came out on 10 inch purple vinyl, which I've never seen. Yeah, um, that came later in '91. I don't even know why, but I've got it on CD and on the 12 inch. I must have just found them cheap over the years, but it's a weird, it's a weird single. Uh, but it's nice to get more fire hose, that's for darn sure. So it came out in 1988, Ryan, which we, we're we still mostly in 1987. So this one definitely came out out of sequence. It's weird that it came out so much later than If, and considering that one was uh, such a staple of college radio, and they didn't even release one of their PSST singles for that one. No. Yeah, well, I think they were they were really pushing sometimes as a single. I think, and I guess for the CD version, uh, the one track for the singer of REM appears here again off the album. Yeah, 
let's maybe read the liner notes here. I'm going to do the CD and then you do the LP, okay? Well, is that the right order, though? What do you mean? I feel like I feel like it's actually it actually makes more sense if you read the twelve inch liner notes and then the CD one. Okay, go. It'll, yeah, you're, it'll, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah, it'll reveal it'll reveal itself in a minute here. So yet again, the firehose guys basically lay out all of the facts for you. But there's a difference between the twelve inch and the CD. I'll do the twelve inch. You do the CD, and then we'll see what it is. So it starts out like this. This semi-merch EP is as follows. Sometimes is the same one that's on the Ifen LP, SST-115. She paints pictures and Spielen were recorded at the same time as Ifen, September-October 1987 at Radio Tokyo in Venice, California. But I ain't on it. Mike Watt and Ethan James produced it. Ed from Ohio helped. Ethan James engineered it. Ed from Ohio did the guitars and singing. Mike Watt did the bass. Thunderbroom. George Hurley did drums. Same kid as always. Ethan James played synthesizer with organ sound on She Paints Pictures. Who wrote which lyrics? Question mark. Ed from Ohio wrote sometimes. Merrill Ward wrote She Paints Pictures. And Mike Watt wrote Reimenspielen. And then it just says, uh, all all songs published by Thunderspiels, front and back cover photos by Ed from Ohio, band photos by E. Wolf. And there's a, there's one of the first differences as well there. Don't let anyone sell you this 12-inch EP for the cost of an LP, exclamation point. Then there's a thank you list, but why don't we turn it over to the CD one? Okay. This semi-merch CD single is as follows. Sometimes and for the singer of R.E.M. are the same ones that are on the Ifen LP SST-115. Ryman Spielen was recorded at the same time as Ifen, but it ain't on it. Mike Watt and Ethan James produced it. Ed from Ohio helped. Ethan James engineered, engineered it. Ed from Ohio did the guitars and most of the singing. Mike Watt did the bass. Thunderbroom, George Hurley did drums. Same kid as always. Who wrote which lyrics? Ed from Ohio wrote Sometimes, and Mike Watt wrote Ryman Spielen and For the Singer of R.E.M. All songs published by Thunderspiels. And then front and back cover photos by Ed from Ohio. Band photos are by Z-Wolf. Sorry about the fuck up on the 12-inch EP. I think it's fucked up here, though, too, because it's supposed to be E-Wolf, I believe. Well, I think what, they're me what they mean is Z-Wolf is correct and E-Wolf is wrong. I don't think so. No, I think it's E Wolf. Because well, why would it say why would it say on the CD? Sorry about the fuck up on the twelve inch. I don't know, but if you look him up on Discogs, and I I feel like we've talked about him before. Before it's we have er, we have it's Eric Wheeler. He's currently the chief photographer at the Detroit Institute of Arts. He played in Angry Red Planet, Cyanide, and the Dirt Bombs, and he's credited as either Eric. Wheeler or E-Wolf on all of those projects and he's taken photos for a lot of album covers The White Stripes, Bantam Rooster New Bomb Turks, Gorgor Girls Mule, a bunch of others and he's he's E-Wolf on all of them yeah so you must be right it's, I think it's, it's a this, double fuck up yeah it's a reverse yeah okay this CD has only three songs, so don't let any dick leech sell it to you for the price of a regular CD, okay? 
For those who are curious, She Paints Pictures, which appears on the 12-inch EP version of this, is omitted here because the good mix of it has been misplaced and a way weaker mix somehow got on the disc. Contrary to the credits, Ethan James does not play synthesizer, although he did on the good mix. Real life, Holmes. Meanwhile, For the Singer of R.E.M. is again presented for those who wish to compare it with an earlier Watt tune in the same vein. Bob Dylan wrote propaganda songs. Watt would like to reassure everyone that he has that he has nothing but fatherly respect for both of these dudes. So there you go. To recap, the 12-inch EP has the song Sometimes, She Paint Pictures, and Rhyme and Spielin', as does the 10-inch. The CD has the songs Sometimes, For the Singer of R.E.M., which are both on the album Iffin and Rhyme and Spielin'. Yeah, there's also a difference in the thank you lists, too. Did you catch that? No. So on it says, um, I'll, well, I'll point it out here. On the 12-inch, it says, heaps of thanks to James Worthy, Bobby Dylan, Pete Townsend, X, the SST folks. So X is missing from the CD version. Hmm. And then it says, and everyone else who who make it possible for us to continue. Same for real-life supporters like you. It's all much appreciated. Carry on. But yeah, X gets a thank uh, on uh, the 12-inch. And then on the CD, they add in Mike Stipe and Pete Townsend. Hmm. Oh, wait. Pete Townsend's on the 12-inch, but Mike Stipe seems to have taken the place of X on the CD version. Hmm. Weird. Okay. You want to talk about the tracks? Sure, man. History Lesson, Part 2. Okay, so it starts off with the track Sometimes, which is the A-side on the 12-inch, written by Ed Crawford. Of course, the same track uh, we've already heard on Iffin, the first track on the album. A staple of college radio when it came out, helped propel the parent album to number one on the CMJ charts. One of my favorite riffs to play when I pick up a guitar, for sure. Yeah, classic. You can't, you just can't beat it. Okay, then we flip the 12-inch over, and we have the song She Paints Pictures. And that one's credited to M. Ward and Mike Watt. As you mentioned, the 12-inch EP credits Ethan James on synth, but he this mix of it he does not have him. That, that mix is, is lost. So I hit up Merrill Ward, and here's what he said about this track. Wow, I haven't thought about that song in years. I have a vague recollection that I wrote the lyrics, and I think I gave them to Boone before he died. Watt likely picked them up and used them for Firehose. I'm pretty sure that the lyrics were penned by me and Joey Capizio from Invisible Chains. And Invisible Chains, of course, was on New Alliance Records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of the two two non-album tracks, this is the better one, but it's not amazing. Yeah, it's still pretty cool. And I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering right, when we interviewed Merrill for the for SWA, I can't remember which episode it was, he talks about him and Joey Capizio being really good friends. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then if you're listening on CD, we have For the Singer of R.E.M., which I'm always happy to hear that again. It's a Watt track, all-time classic. So glad we got to pick it for the ballot result for Iffen. Great song. Yeah, amazing. And then the last song on the 12-inch EP, Rhymin' Spielin', written by Watt. Bit of a Chili Peppers-style funk track, 
weird that this is from the same sessions as if and it does not sound like the rest of that that recording thankfully because it doesn't sound great it kind of has those gated drums that kind of sound like uh three-way tie for last a little bit mm, yeah it, it's for me like as much as i love fire hose and there's some great playing on Ryman Spielen, like watt has a killer bass solo on it yeah it's it's a throwaway song almost right yeah that's it should we talk about the artwork sure yeah the artwork um the front cover is an amp with a fire hose emblazoned on it where i think it probably should say a fender i don't know it looks like a fender amp because it has those top hat knobs on there but i can't tell for sure yeah it's got sometimes almost always on kind of the front grill of the amp. And if you flip it over, then it's the back of the amp Yeah, showing the tubes and the speaker. And it also has those top hat knobs on there. It's interesting. It's got the reverb button and a slave button. So obviously they were, uh, they were slaving this amp with another cab or something like that. Yeah. Ed from Ed from Ohio took these photos too. And, uh, and then inset, on the back cover of the, the, the 12 inch. And then on the inside of the liner notes on the CD, there's three pictures of George and Mike and Ed Ed's flying the flannel with his high watt amp. And there is a, if I'm not mistaken, a USS enterprise sitting on top of his amp. Oh yeah. Good one. That's post gig. I would say he looks kind of sweaty. Yeah, he definitely has got, he's a little slick there for sure. Georgie's got one. He's mugging it for the camera as usual. Georgie is. Yep. He doesn't have the unit in this picture though. Yeah. Freshly shorn. Yep. And a, <laughs> and a pretty wild shirt too. Yeah. It looks like splatter paint almost. Hey. Yeah. You remember how you could go and you, you would go to like a t-shirt shop and you'd squirt paint on it and they'd spin it around. <laughs> you remember that? No, I don't. Okay, well, Adam, they used to have those in the malls, and that's what that looks like. It looks like a word, and then they spun it on the spinner to make it splatter paint. Hmm. Um, and then Watt has got his Thunder Broom. Yep. Looking good. Looking good, man. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Pretty bare bones. There's a picture on the LP of, like, a toilet on the label. Yeah, on the actual label. Should I hit you with some dead wax? Oh, there's dead wax? Bonus. Oh, yeah. So, wait, before, before, before I read the dead wax, Brant, is this 12-inch Mersh? Well, I don't remember what was on Star Power. Um, I think I remember commenting that it was kind of unnecessary. I mean, there's a few of this. The SST, like I said a few weeks ago, didn't leave hardly anything ever on the cutting room floor. But I mean, look, you bought it in two formats. <laughs> you know, I've owned it for 25, 30 years. Like, I, you know, people bought this stuff, so who who cares, hey, you know? My CD version, for some reason, still has the receipt in it from uh, December 17th, 2003. I bought this CD, and uh, I bought it for $5.99. Three tracks for $5.99 back, there, back then. There's no way you could sell this for 6 bucks now. Yeah. No way. Okay, so I think the dead wax will answer the Mersh or no Mersh question. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. 
The Dead Wax says, quote, Mersh attempt, dot, 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 end quote. <laughs> That's it? Just one side? There's only, well, I mean, there's just the normal catalog stuff on, on the B side. And as you said, there's that uh, photo of a, uh, of a water closet there on the label, but dead wax on side A only. All right. Ballot result? Yeah. Ballot result. Now, this ballot result, here here is where I get to say thank you for all of your sage advice over the years, Brandt, for when <laughs> when we're encountering an album, when we'll see tracks at a later date, because I kind of feel like we picked the ballot result on episode 115, but why don't you end the insanity and tell us what it is, because it's so obvious. Well, it's the title track, Sometimes. It's got to be. Yeah. Just got to be. And thank God we saved it. Thank, thank God. God we, thank God we did that last week for You're Living All Over Me, too. Phew! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, what's next week? Next week, this is... This is a great couple of weeks. We've got Dino, Firehose, and next week is SST-132, the Screaming Trees LP, even if and especially when. We love the trees. Can't wait to get into it. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Mojack Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.